Hello and welcome to TESOL Pop. My name is Laura and joining me to talk about teaching young learners online is teacher trainer Kevin Clare. Since 2009, Kevin has worked in a range of different settings, teaching adults, teenagers and notably young learners in Australia, Daqing, Guangzhou and Hong Kong. He has worked in language centres as a director of studies and in various roles in international schools. Currently, Kevin focuses on training teachers for kindergarten, secondary school level and is a course director for the Trinity Teaching Young Learners Extension Certificate course. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Well, thank you for having me, Laura. Um, I thought today would be a great opportunity for us to talk about teaching young learners online as you've been working in this area over the past year and also training teachers Mm -hmm. in this area too. So I thought the three areas we could talk about today are some challenges that you faced in moving from the face-to-face classroom to the online sphere, how you can encourage interaction communication between young learners in this new online setting and some top tips that you could share on how teachers can move and adapt to this new online classroom. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right. I think, first of all, we should start off by defining young learners and the young learners grouping that we're talking about today. Okay. It's a pretty broad definition. It's usually accepted that a young learner is between three to 18 years old. Some define a young learner as six to 12, and then the three to six-year-old would be a very young learner, and 13 and above would be a secondary learner mm-hmm. or a secondary school learner. For this um, podcast, I think it's easiest to go with the definition of a young learner being between three and 12 to give us a nice broad definition to work with. And that's the age groups. Well, they're, those are the age groups that you've been working with uh, most yeah. frequently as well over the past couple of months. Yeah, most of the classes I've had have been three and four-year-olds, uh, six to eight-year-olds and 10-year-olds. So what challenges have you faced in teaching young learners in this new online setting? Initially, my biggest challenge was getting young learners comfortable with learning online. They were, of course, quite nervous because this is something many of them hadn't experienced before, or the only interaction they'd had with technology was to watch TV and play games. And now they were in a classroom setting, which is understandably quite daunting for anybody, and that's the same for young learners. I also had to deal with parents Some parents don't see as much value in online learning, so they weren't going to be as proactive in motivating their children to learn online. Some parents were a little bit nervous about it and thought that their children wouldn't be able to cope, and I had to help them through the process. I also had to train parents on how to use the online tools. Yeah, I can imagine, particularly with the very young learners, because you need the parents there or guardians there as kind of like teaching assistants or to supervise at least, right? Yeah. And to have the parents to effectively help you, you need to train them on how to use the platform that you're using. And that took a little bit of time, but um, we gave them a lot of guidelines. We showed them videos. We helped them with tutorials. I spent a lot of time in phone calls and it all worked out in the end. Um, Distractions was another very interesting challenge. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I <clears throat> had a lot of interesting distractions and the the kids are learning at home, but the parents are working at home. So there's a lot going on. And in Hong Kong, apartments are small. Yeah, It is a very busy microcosm. So there would be business calls in the background. There would be grandparents having arguments. There would be younger relatives running around in various states of dress. There would be pets moving around. A parrot came to visit us in one <laughs> lesson. Children deciding to go and play with their toys. Um, 
spaces that were not necessarily appropriate for learning. And of course, when you're in a small apartment with a big family, it is quite difficult to find the right place. Of course, I also had to allay a lot of fears and clear up doubts. And this was fears of parents, fears of learners, and my colleagues. Sometimes other teachers and people that I was training would also be nervous about using something or nervous about whether it would work or not. Parents often felt the same. So it was a lot of encouragement and cheerleading going on and telling people to just keep trying. It will, it will eventually work. Mm, and it did, didn't it, over time? Absolutely. The more people became comfortable and used to how it worked, it became really effective and rewarding. Mm. Behavior issues are quite difficult to control in an online environment. Can't you just mute them or just uh, remove them from the classroom? Well, you can. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're not meant to do that. No, that's not good advice. Removing, pressing the remove button doesn't really get the results you want with parents. Uh, Muting the learners means they'll just get up and run away. Yeah. So you've got to be on top of your game as you do in a face-to-face class. But you've got to be even more aware of keeping the lesson pacey, engaging, and varied so that the learners are a lot more motivated and engaged to stay in front of the screen with you. Would you say then that a lesson online with young learners is faster paced then compared to the face-to-face classroom? That's a very interesting question. Yes, it is faster paced. You've got to keep the lesson moving. You've got to keep the learners busy. But also it goes a little bit slower. Things take a while. Giving feedback takes a little bit longer. Getting learners to speak They've got buttons to press. Um, Getting learners to interact with each other takes some time as well. It also takes some time to download documents and find documents and switch between screens. And it is very important that you do a lot of digital literacy training in the early stages of online learning with a new class. Because the tools you want to use are not going to be something that the learners know how to use firsthand. Mm -hmm. For me, one of the challenges I would see in teaching learners online is getting them to interact and communicate with each other and not just with myself. So I can imagine it's quite easy for lessons to become quite teacher-centred. So how do you get them working together and moving to breakout rooms and things like that? Yeah, online learning can often become quite teacher-centred with lots of monologues and uh, endless talking. It's very important to vary interaction patterns as much as possible. So you want your learners to work in breakout rooms, you want them to talk to each other, and you want them to collaborate. But when you throw a bunch of six-year-olds into a breakout room without the training, they are going to panic. Mm -hmm. A screen will pop up with a little blue button. They won't know what to do. They'll call their parents. The parents will come running. They won't know what to do. And chaos will ensue. So it was very helpful for me to create short, snappy little training videos and tell learners that they'll be talking to each other in a group, show them the video of how they go through the process, and make sure that there was footage of other learners interacting with each other in the breakout room, most importantly, having a great time. Mm -hmm. Because young learners are going to copy what they see, and when they associate a breakout room or collaboration with being a lot of fun, they're going, you're going to get better results. I can imagine like play-based tasks could be a really good way of demonstrating how fun it could be for learners to talk to each other and work together. I remember yeah. one of the lessons you did where learners brought their own puppets to, to show and do a show and tell. You know, that could be quite an engaging way to, you know, get them 
introducing their puppet and their mm. animal to to their classmates because they'd want to talk about it. Yeah, that was a very, very fun lesson. Um, and I think what really made it successful was I'd asked the parents beforehand to get their children to prepare a toy to bring to class and to have them practice describing it to their friends. So when the lesson started, I had a whole gallery view of young learners waving their toys in the screens, already introducing them to each other. And once I settled them all in, uh, and I started getting them to describe their animals, I couldn't stop them. No, I yeah, Eve told me about that, about teaching young learners. When you find something that they're really interested in and they're engaged in, they won't stop talking. And that's mm-hmm. wonderful. They can't wait to tell you about these things. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very motivating. And when learners are sharing something about their own world, they're having a wonderful time. Mm. One thing I want to ask you about, about this uh, interaction communication is about the particularly very young learners the three-year-olds to six-year-olds that you mentioned, can they work in breakout rooms by themselves too? Or how, how did you go about that? Because I imagine that's quite different from working with the lower and upper primary age groups. Absolutely, they can. Um, but you do need to introduce it slowly yeah. and you don't want to overuse it. You do need to show them what's going to happen and you do need to give them a lot of support. So it may be helpful to have another teacher join you so that they can be in the breakout room with other learners the first few times to make it more comfortable and enjoyable and to get them used to the experience. You may also want to prime the parents and tell them what's going to happen uh, so that they can be there to help out and keep their young learner, keep their children calm and happy and also help them in the process and make it quite fun. Mm -hmm. Or you might want to tell the guardian, whoever's looking after the kids at home. Yeah. And lastly, um, for tips for teachers that are going to be teaching online this semester or trying it out for the first time, uh, what do you wish you knew before you started this journey on teaching children online? There is a lot I wish I knew, but I think one of the most important things is when you are teaching face-to-face, having parents as a team member is very beneficial, even more so online. It's so important that you have the parents join you as a team member. You want to train them on how to use the platform you've chosen. You want them to practice with the young learners at home, and you want them to be cheerleaders in the home to encourage enjoyment in a young learner classroom. But you also want to balance it out with telling parents not to become over-involved. Often parents will think they're doing you a favor by feeding answers and whispering things in the first language. And this is often quite counterproductive because it takes away that element of independence. And I did find that having very polite and frank conversations with parents about this and highlighting the importance of independence and what results it will bring, I found that the parents very quickly changed their mind and didn't didn't interfere as much in the lesson, but were still there to offer a lot of support. And this saw a lot of much better results. I noticed that you also kept in touch with those parents. So it wasn't just one conversation, it was many conversations and giving feedback and support as um, them and their child went on this this learning journey. Yes, and that's another very important uh, aspect of keeping this relationship going. You need to be in constant communication with the parents and feedback needs to be a lot more uh, frequent than in a face-to-face class. Because in a 
face-to-face class, you see parents at a parent meeting, the beginning of the year, and when something's gone wrong. Mm -hmm. In the online classroom, you need to tell them what's happening in the next lesson. You need to offer feedback and suggestions, and you need to give them almost a running commentary of what's happening. And you'll be seeing them on the screen a lot. Mm -hmm. I imagine having that initial contact and giving them that initial attention while everybody's learning about this online environment and how to navigate it pays off in the long run, right? It does pay off a lot. And I've always found that the interactions between me and the parents have been very positive because they know that um, I'm there to help out. And they also know that they can come and talk to me whenever they like. And this does calm them and allay a lot of fears. Other things I wish I knew... I wish I knew just how much of a distraction the home environment can cause for online learning. So it's a really good idea to focus on uh, discussing with parents that the children need to have a quiet space to learn and where they can focus and where only learning happens so that they're not running off to play with their toys or getting distracted by their brother or sister or having grandparents interfere Um, they need that quiet little space. And it can take many shapes and forms. Apartments are tiny, so it might be a bunk bed um, and a comfortable cushion with a little lap table. It could be a table in a corner or a section of the dining room table, but somewhere where it's quiet and has Mm. good lighting. A nice space that's a space for learning. And also it's, you know, a space that, okay, this is where your learning happens. And when you come away from it, that's when you have fun. Yeah. So creating these different areas within the home, even if it is a, a flat, a small flat, you Absolutely, know, helps yeah. set the expectations for the learner and, you know, what's going to happen. And, oh, now it's time to, to study with teacher. And it should be a rewarding experience. It'd be nice if that could be a, you know, a nice little space for them to be in. Yeah, a nice little space that they can call their own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a little bit of zoning goes a long way. Helps a lot in the classroom and just yes. as much so at home. And I think my final lesson that I've learned is I wish I knew how important little instructional videos were in an online classroom. Once I'd realized that creating a short video using my phone, which takes all of 15 seconds, and sharing that with learners, once I'd found out just how beneficial that was, um, things went much easier. I could just simply show them a little video of how to access a breakout room and how to talk to each other, and away they went. I could give them complicated instructions by showing them a model of what I'd made, and away they went, quite happily. I could teach them how to use the annotate function by annotating a picture of them, which they thought was very funny, but (laughs) they enjoyed the process and learned how to use a new function as well. So that made a huge difference to my teaching online. Thank you so much for sharing your tips and advice on teaching young learners online. It's been really helpful. And if you would like to learn more about things that we wish we knew before we started this teaching online journey, then you can check out the blog post on the website. Kevin, before you leave today, would you like to tell us a bit more about the course that you run that teachers could take? Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me. The course that I'm currently running is the Teaching Young Learners Extension Certificate, or the TILEC, from Trinity College London. It will equip teachers to very confidently and successfully teach young learners in the English classroom setting. So we run this course twice a year, and Laura is going to give you the link if you are interested in this course. If the course is currently running, while you're waiting, we also have what we call the TILEC Head Start. It's a condensed version of the TILEC that you can access 
fully self-paced and you can do different modules as you like in any order. And this will get you ready for the TILEC or it will just equip you with a few new skills for the classroom. Thanks very much. I will include those links on the website and I fully recommend the TILEC course. I studied it last year and I think I'll also share the blog post that I wrote last year as well about the things I learned on the course. Finally, if you have a question that you'd like us to answer, then you can contact us on Facebook, Instagram or go to the website tsolpop.com. Mm -hmm.